What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The Fantasy Six Pack Hour with your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and AJ Applegar. It's Sin Shoe Sin Shoe Chew. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Special Hi. Monday Night Edition. You ready? Oh, yeah. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> and um, on our special Monday Night Edition, because it is a baseball, dynasty baseball specific topic, we're bringing in... The man for Fantasy Six Pack with that topic, Mr. Dave Eddy. How's it going, man? It's going. Um, slumming it with you guys, but other than that, not too bad. Hey, could be a lot worse, right? Maybe. Could be worse, know. yeah. AJ could have been 40 minutes late. <laughs> don't tempt me. I was going to say, Wait, man. Wait, I'll be right back. Uh, that's fine. We already going. You out. Um <laughs> So tonight we're going to be doing our 2022 MLB Draft Recap Show. We've, of course, got our guest of honor to do this one in, Chris Blessing. I will bring him on in just a second. But before we do that, just want to remind everybody, hit that subscribe button, like button, leave those reviews, hit those, I don't know, what do you call it on Spotify and stuff, like the five stars or whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. Just help us out, leave those out, uh, leave those for us, and uh, we appreciate it. And then, of course... If you are playing fantasy football this season, Fantasy Six Pack has new membership tiers, guys. Uh, right now, we've got draft cheat sheets. And AJ actually left. Oh, cool. Um, draft <laughs> cheat sheets. <laughs> I was like, hmm. I don't know. Uh, draft cheat sheets, projections. we got our rankings back behind there. During the season, we're going to be putting our DFS tools uh, along with a bunch of other content. And uh, the biggest thing there is you're going to have access to us, too. I don't know if, you know, you want access to him, but you want access to me. Um, it depends on how much they like money, Joe. If they like money, they, they'll want to have access. I know. I'm, I'm busting your balls now. I know. Uh, I know. So you'll have direct access to us on Discord. Uh, you know, I kind of, you know, help lead the, the redraft side of things. I can comment on some Dynasty things. Dave is Mr. DFS. If you are following him on Twitter, and you should be. He wins lots and lots of money. So uh, you want to win some money and get some insight from Mr. Dave Eddy, go ahead and pay for one of those plans and uh, and get in on that on our Discord. He'll get direct advice from him. So with that being said, let's bring in our guest. There he is. Chris, where'd you go? Oh, sorry. Oh. I was late. oh man it's it's like it's like he knows Uh, it's like i'm looking in a mirror (laughs) how's it going chris i'm doing great good man good how's your uh how's your your draft going i know you're in a fantasy football draft right now Uh, it's it's going well we're we're at the my max bet right now could be three dollars we're in an auction draft and uh i got uh murray uh quarterback harris 
running back Waddle, Judy, uh, Andrews, Jacobs. Uh, I don't know why I just got a bunch of Alabama dudes. Uh, um, I mean, Mooney that's a terrible thing. As a backup <laughs> wide receiver, and uh, I've got McPherson as my kicker. So um, solid work. Pretty, solid pretty work. Decent. Pretty decent uh, draft considering I've been. Uh, on the pennies for the last uh, hour, maybe. I don't know, but uh, it's long. So um, yeah. thank you for having me. This is awesome. No, glad to have you on, man. I always love doing these shows with you. Uh, so again, tonight we are doing our MLB uh, first year player draft recap from these, uh, what, about a month or so ago, was it? So yeah, we're uh, now that everybody's kind of settled in, figured it out, and everybody's signed. Who's gonna sign, right? We can finally yes. start attacking these guys for your dynasty baseball drafts. And so, but before we get into that, can't continue without doing beer of the week. Mm, beer. All right, Chris, you are the guest. What you got for us? Well, I've already uh, started. I was uh, my fantasy. Uh, league is at a brewery here in Dalton, Georgia called Dalton Brewing. I had a mango IPA. Uh, so I came home and found whatever had the least amount of alcohol that I had. So uh, today it's New Realm Brewing Company's United Craft Lager. It's a 4.5 alcohol volume. I bought this as a, just kind of a single thing to try it. So uh, I've never tasted it before. So perfect beer for this. All right. So I think you let us know. Dave, you're joining us on this one. What you got, man? I tell you, I don't have the basic bitch um, Bud Light like <laughs> I usually do, and like you guys have seen me drink. Um, this is on recommendation because, I mean, I we, we kind of got talking about how I like lemonade and stuff, and somebody suggested the Line and Kugel Summer Shandy, and I wasn't a big fan. And then somebody had mentioned this. It's a local thing. Um, oh, it's nice. from Old Nation. It's just called Shandy, but it's basically the same thing, only it doesn't suck. <laughs> basically the same I'm thing. I'm not going to lie, man. I actually good. feel like somebody had one of those on the show just recently. Because I was like, really it's literally fun. just called Shandy? They would have to live very close to me. I would assume. I don't think. This is hard to find even here. So I imagine it's hard to find, like, in the what's real the, world, you know. What's the brewery? Old Nation, yeah, old it's old just Nation. called Shandy. I just kind of remember this like black can with a yellow label and just yeah, it's got Shandy the most. It. I don't... It's literally got the most basic little sticker on the can too. Like, there's yeah. not. I mean, it's... I've seen that before too. Yeah, I don't know why I've seen it, but I anyway, I've seen that at first pitch, Arizona. Someone could have brought it from where? Where do you live? Uh, it's from like the Lansing, Michigan area. Okay, it's yeah, in we, it's we, in a we, small we... town of Williamston, Michigan. Hmm. Okay, it out, AJ. What you got? Uh, I am drinking one of uh, the ones we didn't kill off at the expo, and that's the Devil's Backbone Brewing Co. Juicy Magic Juicy IPA with the roller skating stag. Uh, Is that the box uh, we forgot to open? No, that's <laughs> over here. That's, that's the dank. <laughs> we were leaving. We were leaving on Monday. We were like, damn, we didn't open one. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I mean... We still have a lot of beer. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> oh, because, yeah, I couldn't do it anymore. All right, so I'm drinking a Equilibrium called Fluctuation Double IPA. I uh, gave this one a four and a quarter on untapped. It's uh, it's pretty smooth. 
Uh, I definitely enjoyed this one. Got this one. This was another one of my uh, beach trip brews that I picked up from that that place. It was uh, very, very good. So, All right, Chris, you ready for this? Let's jump I'm into ready, our... I'm as ready as I will be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that means you're ready. I'm right. happy Dave's here because like, if I do fall down, he can... Uh... I, you know, you might be the first person I've ever heard say that. <laughs> well, usually it's Joe and uh, AJ, and you know they're just like, yeah, yeah, uh huh. No, I mean, no, I do. yeah. To be fair, it is an upgrade from them. I'll give you that. really. We're really worthless yeah, on this yes. show. I'm not going to lie. That's why we have you, Chris, and now Dave. So merely just the MCs. So let's jump into things here. We just got some general questions here about this this draft and draft class, and uh, you know, last year, you know, we mentioned how it wasn't wasn't exactly the deepest draft, or at least it kind of was perceived that way. And this year, like, it felt like it was very, very deep. Um, but kind of like last year, it didn't seem to have a clear number one pick. Like, even going in, I remember, you know, of course, the Orioles had the first pick, and it was like, well, who are they going to take? And I know there was, like, you know, because we have the salary and, like, the money implications, so that's not totally obvious. But, like, there are certain years, right, where, like, the number one pick is just like, yeah, I mean, like, they'd be just total idiots if they didn't take this guy. This year didn't seem to be that way. Um, does that mean that the top players weren't as good as those players, or there was just more than one of those like top-notch players in this draft? So like last year, what was missing was we had no college hitters. Uh, I mean, that was pretty much the, um, the, the subject of that draft. Uh, you know, the 2020 draft was uh, heavy with pitching, college pitching specifically. Uh, last year, we started seeing kind of a run on some prep hitters, uh, specifically shortstops. Uh, uh, the best player from that draft, it looks like right now, is Jordan Lawler, who the D-backs took. Um, and uh, this year, I thought there was a clear number one guy. Um, the Orioles didn't necessarily feel like the guy that I felt uh, was number one. But they did pick number two, if that makes sense. Uh, and I think that by picking uh, the guy that they did pick, who we'll talk about shortly, uh, I think that they... Uh, he matched what they look for in players more so than the guy that I had number one, Drew Jones, who went uh, second overall, who's uh, currently injured um, uh, out of uh, that's Andrew Jones's. Um, I almost said son, um, and I don't know why I blanked there. Um, his son, um, and um, so like again, you know, there was some objectiveness. I don't think anybody really thought that. Uh, at least anybody I talked to thought that there was a question that Jones wasn't the top ranked guy. Uh, however, you know, others are like that. I think one and two were pretty much throughout every contact that I talked to uh, was Drew Jones and Jackson holiday. And then there was a separation, but that separation was as good as what we saw in, you know, uh, at the top of last year's draft, if that makes sense. So uh, the two top players better um, than last year's, but, uh, then, you know, you get into a, uh, you know, maybe two through 15, which were about um, on par with what went, you know, maybe one through eight last year. So um, okay. except for the um, the seventh pick last year, which was a high schooler with a lot of upside pitcher for the Frank Mazzucato from the uh, Royals. So like it was it was different. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what we see every draft it's different and you're trying to also maximize 
uh, your dollars. If you're like the Orioles, uh, who I thought had a phenomenal draft uh, even beyond um, the first, uh, you know, having that first pick, um, you know, you're able to maximize uh, your spending by being, you know, a little shifty with how you draft guys. Yeah, they seem to be really good at that. I don't know, Dave, you got any thoughts on, on kind of the depth of this draft and just, you know, what we can kind of expect from it, you know, a couple of years down the road when we start, you know, really drafting and pulling these guys up in our dynasty baseball leagues? Yeah, I mean, I think Chris nailed it pretty good. Um, I mean, I'm always like a bloodlines guy anyways. So Jackson Holiday, Drew Jones to me were the clear-cut, you know, top guys. Um, but I think just on a whole, as far as a fantasy perspective, this is a much better draft class than we had in the previous year. And there were a lot of people, myself included, that, you know, even even in the draft last year, knowing that we're happy to give up, you know, draft capital from last year's draft and move it into this year's draft. You know, huge, huge difference, in my opinion, fantasy-wise, between a first-round pick this year and a first-round pick last year. Um, so I think that just kind of speaks to the, the depth of it. And, and that's a lot. And, and just to get onto that point, that's a lot, uh, you know, having more college hitters here. I know that at the top of the draft, we're talking about two high school guys. Um, and, you know, pick four and pick five are also high school hitters, too. Uh, but having these college guys, it really was was dark uh, on the college end where you were, you know, that catcher, uh, Henry Davis, was the best you know, coming out of that draft was the best guy. I also don't think we're going to see some of the surprises that we've seen in the last two drafts where later on in the draft, uh, you know, there's um, that guy that might have gotten missed uh, because of uh, the COVID um, pandemic. Uh, so, like, this I good feel point, like is point. a, um, A, it goes pretty deep. You're getting pretty good value third, fourth round. And uh, we saw some teams, uh, you know, Brock Porter was a guy that got taken uh, later. Uh, money guy. Um, some people had him as their top uh, prep uh, arm. Um, I, I didn't, but um, some people did. And he was number two on my list. And, you know, he was outside the first few rounds. Yeah, that's good. Adrian, you want to uh, move on? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, so looking at this, you know, how much do stats play a part in your evaluations of a player, Chris? Well, I, I come from an amateur um, background now. Um, I, I am a um, associate scout for a team, which isn't really a big deal. It's essentially free labor for them. Uh, <laughs> I get a bit of education uh, every year and I've gotten to learn a lot about the draft and, uh, you know, the, the guys that I've worked with have been awesome. Some of them former uh, writers, just like myself. So uh, I've gotten a pretty good education there. And when I'm looking at amateur guys, A, uh, I want to see the level of competition that they're facing, specifically with the preps. Like you try to uh, you try to get to go see a guy when they're against the, the best in their region, district, uh, uh, whatever it is. Uh, there was a, a kid a few years ago, uh, Jordan Walker, who's a top prospect now. Um, and I saw him against uh, essentially very – you know, maybe a division one guy was on that team, um, but not really a big team. And those pitchers were like throwing 75 and you can't really, you know, you can't really judge a guy off of that. Um, especially, 
um, especially uh, amateur guy like that. In college, it's a little different, uh, I, you know, and teams are more concerned now with uh, not necessarily performance, but they're uh, concerned about the um, the analytics part of the game. Uh, getting that blast motion data uh, in batting practice is huge. I know, like, for you guys, the Orioles, um, uh, I mean, that's a big deal for them. And you see prospects that they get, uh, Gunnar uh, Henderson, uh, Colton Kowser, these guys that they've drafted fairly high in the draft. Uh, the reason for that is, uh, you know, they're looking for certain parameters. And most teams have their own little system that they use. And, uh, you know, that that goes into this more than statistics do. Uh, but when I go and make a fantasy, um, fantasy first-year player draft thing, uh, which I haven't actually done yet. And we're going to try to piece one together later on. Hopefully Dave and I can, can do that. Um, but like, that's the thing is uh, then I'll start looking at stats. And at that point, I want to know how they're doing against the best competition. So if I can find, let's say um, Kevin Pareda, um, the, the guy that the took, if I could get a bat, uh, maybe a um, Kate Horton or something like that and see how he, handles uh, a guy of a similar level as he is or a future at least a future high minors type guy i'm more concerned about his performance against those guys uh, than the crappy ones if that makes sense um and it was one reason that i wasn't so high on uh on um, oh my god two-way player um gray's prospect brendan mckay sorry I wasn't as high as him on him as others as a hitter. I mean, too bad his arms kind of got shredded, his uh, shoulder got shredded and stuff. Um, but he did all of his damage his draft year. Um, he didn't play against the Friday starter, the number one guy. Uh, and he did not perform well against the Saturday starter, which is every team's best, second best pitcher. So he did most of his damage against that Sunday pitcher, who's the number three guy on the team. And then also the four and five, the weekday starter. So like, uh, you know, that's a big red flag for me. Um, if somebody's not performing against the best, the uh, best players that they're going to face. And so I didn't, I only had him really as a pitcher when, when he was drafted. So, um, those, those type of things go into my consideration more than, than your average regular stats. Dave, you got any, anything to add there with any of that? I mean, I think a lot of times I'm going to say this on this episode, but I mean, I agree with Chris. And, you know, one thing that I often say, because I'm not usually looking at, you know, these draftees, I'm usually looking at like prospects. And I'll always tell like, you know, Nick and Jason, you know, on the on deck circle, I don't put a ton of stock in, in stats below double A, just because like Chris's point, the, comp- the level of competition just typically isn't there. Now, obviously, they'll face, you know, quality, you know, pitchers or, you know, quality hitters from time to time. But on, on a whole, low A and high A are, are, are pretty bad baseball a lot of times. And and so I obviously would prefer to see, you know, good stats as opposed to bad stats. Like, uh, yeah, I want to see a guy hitting 370 instead of hitting 170. But because he's hitting 370 does not necessarily mean that he – has got you know, you know more along the lines of what we're looking for than that guy who is hitting 170. So you really have to take stats with a grain of salt, I think. And I think Chris did a really good job of breaking down you know how he's looking for 
you know, a different a different route of, of looking at splits where, you know, he's saying, hey, I really want to see what they did on Friday and Saturday, not so worried about what they did during the week. And I think that that's a great point. And another point, Dave, um, I'm going to prep, I'm going to p- promote my podcast this week. Uh, one of our writers, Jeremy Deloney, um, uh, this is the Eyes Habit podcast. It will be released on Apple tomorrow at some point once I get it edited. Um, but we, we talked exactly what Dave just spoke about, about how the differences in levels. So, like, I know we're getting away from the draft, uh, but, like, this is how I kind of look at it. I look at low A and complex to be kind of like the Wild West. Um, mm. Dominican League is even more of the Wild, Wild West. So, you know, we'll call that the Wild West. We'll call we've gotten to Arizona at this point, Phoenix area uh, for the other parts. Uh, high A, pitchers start coming with command. That's really the big thing. Yeah. Double A, that's when the breakers start spinning. Um, Triple A is the home for misfit misfit toys. Um, (laughs) That's these guys who've already been in the major leagues. I hate sending prospects to Triple A. I want them to go from Double A, kind of like what the Braves have done, Double A to the major leagues. And if they fail in the major leagues, then send them into Triple A because Triple A is about uh, adapting. It's not about development. Uh, Development for me stops after Double A. So. Um, and, and so I, again, just like what Dave said, you know, I throw away so many stats uh, lower than double A um, because it's it's uh, the quality is so much different. No, the, the fantastic information. I mean, you know, it's just stuff that I don't even think about as a pretty non prospect type guy. I mean, I'll be honest with you, like. I'm in a dynasty league, but I'm uh, recruiting help <laughs> to uh, rebuild my team. I dominated for a few years just with like a ton of talent, and uh, now that they're all older and like dying, uh, <coughs> Chris, <coughs> Chris Sale, um, I need uh, I need help rebuilding. So you know, Joe, I, I did write a ten part series on how to do that. I, I know I'm using a little bit of that. Also <laughs> using one of our own, go. using using one of our own writers or. Kind of writer to help JD, me do do JD. all of it. Yes, yes. Uh, so, but all right, let's jump into some of these specific players here, and we're gonna start with some hit power speed guys, kind of the all around type of guys, right? That, that we noticed got drafted, and uh, we'll start here on the near the top with Drew Jones, got drafted by the Diamondbacks with the second overall pick, a uh, high school outfielder from uh, Wesleyan. Yes, in Wesleyan Georgia. High School. Yep. All right. Got it right. So Wes- Wesleyan High School is a, a Christian uh, school that's outside of the Atlanta metro. It is a um, very low division sort of uh, team, uh, absolutely loaded team. And, uh, you know, we were talking about guys that went and played competition. Uh, Wesleyan did a good job of scheduling competition early on in their season. So when the teams got bad, the scouts didn't have to go anymore. And so this was a kid that came in, you know, showcase season. So, uh, excuse me, the burps are starting already. Um, <laughs> you good, you good. But the um, the season, so showcase season's in the summertime, okay? Summer and fall. And, you know, Jones wasn't the top player uh, during the showcase year, season. Um, he shortened up his swing, um, between the end of that and the beginning of this season, uh, he was using his lower half a lot better, which was kind of propelling his power potential. Um, again, we mentioned that he's the um, 
the son of Andrew Jones uh, should be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And I'm not even a Braves fan. Um, but I, I believe I was scared of him. Um, as a growing up as a Mets fan, I was scared of him. And if I was scared <laughs> of him, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but a guy that like right now is a hit over power type dude. Uh, but I do believe like his hit and power are both plus tools, uh, especially like kind of seeing him on video this year um, for Wesleyan and uh, his ability to get to loft, which wasn't really the case during the um, during the showcase series uh, season. Now I don't believe he has the sort of power as his dad. Remember that at 19 we saw his dad. Uh, if you were around. Um, Andrew Jones made his major league debut at 19. And he was a lot different body type. He was he had Jones's athleticism, his his son's athleticism. Uh, but Jones might actually have a little more athleticism. Um, I think he's a quicker runner. He runs great routes as well. I know that's not really a big deal in fantasy, but when we're talking about a guy sticking and if you're in a position oriented thing, I believe this guy stays uh, sticks in center field. And I also believe the stolen bases uh uh, will remain in this profile for a while. Okay. Uh, we're a little scared. Uh, came up with a shoulder injury when he got drafted. Um, and, uh, you know, there's always pause for me when it comes to shoulders. Uh, I don't worry about his hit or his speed. I worry about his ability to lift. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Troy Gloss um, had a really yeah. bad shoulder injury. Richie Sexton had a really bad shoulder mm-hmm. injury. And depending on the... Um, the severity of what his injury is, which I'm told it's not the, that terribly severe and that they do believe that surgery will, you know, will, will heal him. But um, again, um, it, it, it's, it's, there's some warning there um, now. Uh, he was as a prep guy, my clear number one fantasy guy. Cause I really feel like he was going to move fast. Um, yeah. I mean, a guy who's been around the game for a long time, of course, is going to, um, you know, get to different levels probably quicker than other guys. So, um, you know, just like uh, Dave said, you know, those bloodline guys, unless you're Ryan Ripken, um, <laughs> you tend to you tend to be really good. Which I, I give Ryan Ripken heck, and I don't think that he was the worst uh, bloodlines guy. I think it was. Uh, well, I don't want to say. I mean, Bobby Bonilla's son was a soft tossing lefty, so I mean that was a little weird. Um, uh, and they were all on the Orioles. Like I, there was like. <laughs> Like Dale Jarrett's kid was on the team. Like we were even getting NASCAR guys on a Del Marva team. <laughs> Billy Ripken still has the best baseball card in in the world. Billy Ripken does. I, I agree. So yeah, that's that's my analysis <laughs> on on Drew Jones. All right, Dave. So real quick hitter here on on this one. I just have a question for you. Uh, just you know the little bit that I read on 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 him, just so I didn't sound like a total douchebag about these guys. Um, like some are, are worried that you know, and Chris said that he's not worried about the speed, but so, there is some speculation that like you know, he's gonna add muscle, and so the speed will eventually go. Are you worried about that at all, or you think the speed sticks around? So I mean, to be fair, they say that about everybody, right? Like everyone, they, they say that is true. Oh, when when he matures, he's gonna lose a step, and some people do, some people don't. I I, I don't think you can just chalk it up and, and take it for granted. What I do think is interesting, and I'm curious what Chris thinks on this, um, I, I find it interesting that he gets drafted by Arizona because I think a very good comp for Drew Jones is already in that Diamondback system, Corbin Carroll. Hmm. I, I mean, it's a it's a solid comp. I, uh, Carroll, 
at this point in his juncture of development was a guy that hit the ball on the ground. I mean, he still hits the ball on the ground uh, more so than a lot of other prospects. So, uh, and I think at this point he was a, he was much rawer. Um, and that's not really a word, but uh, we'll just say it <laughs> yeah, for, mean. for this one here. Um, <laughs> but like, um, I think that like the skill set, yes. Um, you know, the player, you know, as the, as the fantasy prospect writer, um, I would comp that. Uh, so you're right there. But as the amateur or whatever I am, associate scout, I would probably find a different comp for Drew Jones. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think it's amazing that I, I still see Carol not in people's top five uh, um, <laughs> fantasy prospects. And I'm almost like, what the heck, man? Wow. He, he's he's going to get called up probably at the end of the season with very limited that. minor league experience. And I think people are going to be surprised because mm-hmm. like, like I will say about most pitchers, if they can stay healthy, the, this guy is going to be something special. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what we get out of him. All right. Moving on. All right. So coming in next, the next bloodline guy we got here is Mr. Jackson Holiday with the O's. Uh, obviously, Father Matt. Tons of All Star appearances. Long, you know, long career in the MLB. Uh, big power hitter. Used to run in his early days, I feel like, but then you know, I guess he put on weight and that that <laughs> killed that. So, uh, what are your thoughts on on Holiday here? So for our book, the minor league baseball analyst, um, I, I get to every year um, give ten names or fifteen names, maybe twenty, I forget, um, of high school guys that are going to pop. And actually, Jackson Holiday was the last guy that I included, thankfully, because um, it made me look uh, semi-smart. Uh, he didn't have the best um, showcase uh, season, um, and what I mean by that is, um, you know. Some of the better pitching kind of got to him. Uh, he wasn't getting to power, but he was making a lot of hard contact. And um, this is a calling card with the Orioles, as we said earlier. You know, they love these guys that uh, get to uh, uh, average max velocity um, at a high rate. Um, so this is a guy that did kind of the same thing as Drew Jones did. Shortened up his swing, um, started using his lower half a lot better. Um this kid learned from his struggles in in the showcase uh, season because I, I think people uh, like coming out of showcase season it was Shamar Johnson and Elijah Green. Um, I mean, maybe not so much Elijah Green because the swing and miss was a little scary and stuff. They were kind of at the top, and then there was this group that was headed up by Drew Jones, and probably at the end of that group was 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 Holiday. Uh, this is a kid that does pretty much everything, uh, everything well, doesn't do anything great. Um, it's, it's very much similar, um, in, in granted different players again, uh, but very much similar to what Arizona took last year in Jordan Lawler, uh, a guy that is, you know, kind of fills it up plus potential tools at every, uh, every tool set, um, from speed to power, to defense, to, you know, He's a true five-tool talent, um, I, and and the thing is, I believe that what he saw, what, what what the Orioles saw this year, and probably necessitated them drafting, was uh, um, you know he was starting to get angles, especially to the other um, to the opposite field uh, on his uh, fly balls, getting loft, getting 
getting that carry that that teams look for. Uh, and and that really kind of set him apart, according to my contacts this year. Um, and, and you know, this is a kid that went from a mid-first round to end-of-first-round type player uh, coming into the spring to a kid that just kind of jumped up and was uh, next in the conversation after Drew Jones. All right. Dave, you got any uh, any thoughts on Mr. Holiday? Um, I mean, I was a little bit surprised to see him go number one. Um, I mean, not like it's a massive shock or anything, but, I mean, like Chris has said earlier, I thought that was Drew Drones' spot. Uh, what I like and dislike about Holiday is, is one and the same, where he doesn't really stand out to me personally in any one area, but he is you know, probably going to be above average everywhere. So I think that that may make for a not super exciting like real life player just a super solid guy but also a guy that you know for fantasy purposes you can draft and not have to worry about oh this guy's gonna get me home runs but no steals or this guy's gonna get me a ton of home runs but he's gonna hit 200 or you know so he's just gonna be a nice well-rounded player nothing wrong with that (laughs) it's just not flashy you know yeah yeah Oh, you need some of those guys for your fantasy teams. Just you know what you're going to get out of them, and they're just not sexy names or anything. So you eventually draft them. All right, well, let's jump over here to some of the best power and hit tool guys. So leading off this conversation, we're going to start at the 1-4 with Tamar Johnson. The Pittsburgh Pirates took him with the fourth overall pick. Uh, Second baseman for Mays High School, also in Georgia. Yes, uh, that's been a um, here, here's a funny story. I saw none of these guys uh, this year. Um, I, I at least saw Johnson last year, so um, I had a thing. Uh, at least I knew what I was was getting into. I ended up getting like the worst flu I've ever had for about two weeks. And it took me out of two opportunities to see Drew Jones, three opportunities to meet see Johnson. And then mm-hmm. by then the team wasn't willing to assign me to those guys because um, you know, when you're not drafting in the first 10 rounds or 10 picks, and these guys weren't going to get there. So um, I, I lost out, unfortunately, on, on, on him. Um, short-statured guy, left-handed, uh, left-handed power hitter, um, very advanced hit tool. It's, it's a raw double-plus type uh, um, ability. He has – he's like 5'10", 5'9", shorter limbs. Uh, and on hitters, shorter limbs, as we've seen, um, to, with clean swings, with good play coverage, uh, they don't miss the ball often at all. Uh, so this is a guy that hits the ball hard, um, also um, you know, can get loft, uh, has power to the gaps, uh, specifically right center field. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, has worried people is that size, even though we've seen several shorter stature guys hit home runs at high rates, I think we're still a little bit, um, I guess the word would be discriminatory against shorter guys doing that sort of thing. Um, But what makes this guy special is that the hit tool can carry him uh, specifically at second base. Uh, This guy was drafted as a shortstop. Uh, He does not have shortstop range. That was one of the things that was evident when I saw him last year. Um, and we were talking about how Jones, uh, Drew Jones, got to play competition this year. And that was a hard thing for scouts to see. Was say, uh, you couldn't see Johnson against really top competition, maybe during the state playoffs. But at that time, 
Uh, you know, teams are concentrating more on college guys and all that kind of stuff. And by then, like, you know, stories have already been told. I think this is a phenomenal pick for the Pirates. Um, I've not been the biggest fan of some of their draft picks in recent years. Um, I liked their draft pick last year with uh, with Jones um, or with Davis, I should say, um, because it was something that they didn't have. But if you look at guys like Nick Gonzalez, they've had a lot of really bad luck, especially when when they're picking pitchers. So I was very happy to see them take Johnson with this uh, with this pick. Dave, any any other? thoughts on that i mean i think they kind of were surprised that that johnson is even there because i don't think we expected kamar rocker to go third Um, (laughs) so it's so when so when johnson is there i I don't know i mean obviously they you know they they had him in consideration but i'm not so sure that they thought he would be there and and i think it'll be interesting because like chris said this is a small dude you know 510 like 175 ish or so um but it is very intriguing that, you know, he's got 25-plus home run potential, but with extremely high, you know, contact skills. And I think that that is one of the best combinations of, of a young hitter that, that you can get is, you know, you're getting the power without losing the contact. I'll sacrifice speed in today's game for, for that extra contact. Yeah, I like the, uh, the fact that he's going to be more – geared towards second base because you don't have a lot of good options there from a fantasy standpoint right now. Um, so obviously, obviously everything's cyclical, I feel like, and the positions kind of turn over, but it's good to see someone younger at a weak position that's got high contact, is going to get on base, and is going to get you some home runs. So I, I like that aspect about it. Uh, so the next guy we got here is the uh, 11th pick, and that's Kevin Parada. Went to the New York Mutts uh, out of Georgia Tech. He is a catcher. Any uh, major insight on the Mutts pick? The Mutts. Yeah, that's they just terrible. Three of that's four terrible. for the Phillies. So. You're a Philly right. fan. Sorry, that's that's not, a tough life, man. Not a good one. <laughs> but you got you guys got some really like they finally hired coaches that that can develop pitching. So like you yeah. have a lot to look forward to, whether it works out this year or not. Um, you know, at least you got some young arms on on the way. And I, you know, we'll talk about their first rounder a little later. Um, Parada is a guy. So we were talking about the depth of the draft last year. Okay. Um, this is the 11th pick, and the first pick in the last year's draft was very on on the same level as this guy, if that makes sense, if that shows you where this draft is this year. Okay, so uh, Henry Davis is in, um, I think, double-A AA or triple-A now for the Pirates. This is a kid, I think, that will move pretty quickly, mostly because of his bat. Um, of course, the Mets have uh, Alva, Francisco Alvarez. It's probably going to be their catcher. Uh, but I can see somewhere where this guy is ends up being – a guy that catches halftime and DH is the other halftime while Alvarez catches halftime and DH is the other time. Uh, this is a kid, when I saw him, um, just absolutely rockets the ball um, to all fields. It's something that you don't normally see. The angles off of um, the angles are both good from the pull side and to the, to the opposite field. Um, and usually with college hitters, even the better college power hitters, you see a difference there. And, and that's very similar to Davis uh, last year. 
Davis is a better catcher uh, than him, and maybe that's where there might be a little up on there. But I really like Parati. He's a very patient guy. Um, you've got that home run uh, power. And I also think that his hit tool is very underrated. Um, it's a it's a power-driven hit tool. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, – a lot of times – um, you know, guys, when we call a power hit driven hit tool, it's a product of their power tool that's really accentuating the, the, the hit tool to, to the degree that it goes to. Um, so, um, yeah, I like this guy a lot. There, there could be some swing and miss issues, um, but who doesn't have them? Uh, these, <laughs> uh, we're not talking game, about right? somebody who's going to be exceptionally uh, striking out, but um, which might be his his counterpart, from, uh, Alvarez. Uh, it might be one of those guys that hits a lot of home runs, hits a lot of extra base hits, but strikes out a bunch too. Uh, so, like this guy's a, a dude that will probably move a little faster, and um, somebody that I think uh, it was a good pick for your mut or for my mutts, I guess, uh, since I was the Mets fan growing up. Even though I can't root for them right now because of the contract that I'm under, so. <laughs> good stay with that contract <laughs> that's hilarious i think that this is a guy that I, I probably will never come away with in a first year player draft and part of it is kind of his fault and part of it kind of isn't his fault and i think part of it does come down to they've got francisco alvarez who is going to be their catcher i think that that dude is just absolutely elite and he's going to be catching as, as often as you know possible. I also don't think that even if he didn't get drafted in, in the Mets system, he probably wouldn't have stuck at catcher anyways. Um, I mean, he's got great offensive upside. I just don't know where he's going to play. And if I knew that he was going to stick at catcher, I think that would actually probably bump him up a little bit value-wise for me. But because I truly don't think he's going to play catcher, and I don't know if he's going to, I mean, God, the worst thing he could do fantasy-wise is turn into a DH, right? Like, I mean, you hope that he at least catches enough to get the eligibility. Oh, right. And then yeah. he's fine. But if but if he ends up not being able to catch or they decide, hey, you know what? Our backup to Alvarez, we really want a defensive guy. Because usually a second catcher is a guy that is all defense, and that's not going to be um, Parada. So... Those are the reasons why in a in a first year player draft I probably would never come away with him. I would much rather just reach for for upside from other guys and then see what I get from him. I can I could see that. I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense, Dave. Good point. All right, let's move over here to our power speed tool guys. That's everyone's favorite category, Joe. <laughs> Everyone loves the power speed guys. Well, except for the, the hit power speed guys. Maybe get all three. Uh, no, let's just focus on the power speed guys, right? So starting things off here, the fifth pick in the draft, Elijah Green got drafted by the Nats from the uh, IMG Academy down there in Florida. So um, another Bloodlines guy, but a football Bloodlines guy, Eric Green. Remember him tight end for the Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers? I do. This is his yeah. son. So. Uh, I was, uh, I, mean, I don't know where I put this. It might have been in our podcast, the uh, Eyes Have It podcast, or an I ha- Eyes Have It article on Baseball HQ. But I threw out a very weird top uh, when I saw him. I saw him junior year um, for IMG for three games. And I threw out a Will Anderson from Alabama uh, um, coming out of high school. Same sort of body structure and stuff. 
uh, same sort of bulk. Um, the difference is, is Anderson got to college, got to a weightlifting thing for football. So this kid was actually kind of being developed like a football player, which makes sense. That's what his dad knew. Uh, between last year and this year, he really uh, leaned up his body uh, and became more of a baseball player uh, sort of body. Still very athletic, still very long. Uh, and still muscular too. Uh, so like that was good. There was a little concern for me that uh, even though he was still showing off the speed that he'd get pretty stiff uh, after a while if he started putting on more bulk. So this is a kid that is uh, a very physical player, a uh, very powerful player. Uh, Sauce probably hit, he hit two home runs that are probably the two hardest prep home runs I've ever seen. And I saw Jordan Walker, um, you know, hit some some uh, some absolute shots. Um, uh, this kid damages the baseball when he makes contact. Uh, one of the things that kind of came out of the showcase circuit was uh, some teams really, really loved his uh, the true scouty teams, which the Nationals are a true scouty team. Um, uh, there, I believe their general manager still makes their draft picks, which is not something that you normally see here. He's very apparently very involved with uh, with the draft, and most GMs will just check in on guys and and do that kind of stuff. Be in the draft room, make a comment here and there, go and talk to the media real quick. Um, so they're a very scouty team, just like the Padres are, um, and um, you know. They might have overlooked some of the hit tool concerns here. Uh, it is, even though he has shortened up his swing, it is a longer, he's a longer limbed guy. So uh, there's, there's uh, some swing and miss on it. Um, uh, recently, the, you know, the big trade for Soto acquired, actually the guy I was out looking at the day that, um, that I saw Elijah Green, which was James Wood. Um, that was like the three, four on IMG last year. Like it was an incredible Three four, and I'm going to tell you, Wood looked horrible in that in that look that I had um, against really good competition. See, see, even that sometimes doesn't really, you know, tell you what you need to know because he's been nothing but great. Um, so I believe that Green, even though he's in the same class as all of these prep guys that we're talking about, his bat's a little further behind. Um, uh, and I don't know if the Nationals are the best organization for uh, this guy. Yes, they developed Soto, but I think any of the 30 teams would have developed Soto. I think Soto was naturally um, a talented guy. Um, I worry because they haven't necessarily, like, for instance, um, uh, what, what's their second base shortstop's name? Garcia, Luis Garcia. Uh, Garcia, mm -hmm. like, almost looks like the same player. He's bulkier. But he almost plays like the same player I saw in low A. Like, uh, you know, aggressive at bats, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, the swing sometimes uneven. It, 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 when you see that sort of development where it doesn't seem like a, a development staff and uh, probably never going to work for the Nationals, but, you know, who cares? I don't I, I don't plan on getting in the game anymore. But um, it, it, to me, it's a bad fit. I know that they've changed um, hitting coaches and instructors throughout their minor leagues, but – Still just a little scared about this pick. Um, so uh, I, I actually put that in my um, first-year player draft um, evaluations where, uh, you know, I, I'm if I'm not sure that somebody can develop a guy, like, for instance, I discounted the Phillies, uh, the prep pitchers that they took. 
Uh, but when you get the right instructors in there and you get the kids buy in, you, you know, now you're looking at Micah Bell and uh, uh, Andrew Painter, you know, on a different level now um, and looking at them as different level type pitchers. Um, and with the Nationals, I need to see results before I kind of, you know, take Elijah Green and say, okay, the power and speed will work, but is, is this kid going to be Joe Adele or is he going to be somebody who doesn't even make it? Um, and there's, there's that possibility there. I'll tell you, there, there's one team that I can think of that would not have properly developed Soto. Detroit hey. Tigers. Detroit oh, Tigers. I was going to say, he's going to rip his own team. <laughs> the, the Tigers have developed, um, what, one hitter, that homegrown hitter um, in basically my lifetime, uh, Nick Castellanos. Yeah, I, I believe I believe they won't mess up. They haven't messed up Riley Green. So, um, you know, those natural hit guys. I, I, I and and by the way, another plug for this week's podcast. I had two guests because my co-host Brent Hershey, the GM, a co-GM of uh, Baseball HQ, he was down uh, with the sickness. He had a cold. Uh, so I had two guests on two Baseball HQ guys. I had Jeremy first, and then I had Rob Gordon, who is a Tigers fan, and we just ripped on Tigers development, uh, Dave. Like, this <laughs> yeah, is, no, that makes sense. This is, you you need to re- just, on that. I think I, I think next year, because uh, we're already filled up next year, uh, Dave, Rob, and I are just going to rip on Tigers guys on the Eyes Have a Podcast one week. I'll listen. I'll live stream right from in front of Comerica Park. I didn't give a shit, Chris. <laughs> 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 He's gonna have a side behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are they Tigers development, player development sucks. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, the, the, the Ty Madden pick last year. Like any other team, like this is a guy coming from Texas, and Texas is very old school in developing pitching, and um, and he has a very low quality fastball. And here he goes to Detroit. Is he going like? That's the thing. Like that again. Like you saw who he gets drafted by. I knew why he didn't get drafted in the first round because all the all the pitching, the woke pitching teams were like, "No, we're not touching this until the second or third round." And here's the Tigers stick. Was it the comp round or something like this? And they just they went guns blazing. He's in AAA, but like I looked at his uh, his uh, metrics and his fastball is just just. It's not going to perform in the major leagues, and I have no confidence in the Tigers. We're getting off on a tangent, Dave. Well, uh, well, I will. I will <laughs> just want to piggyback because I did just see Ty Bed live a couple weeks ago um, in High A, and he was getting rocked. So yeah. for a guy that you know was you saw the you saw the same game Rob saw. <laughs> oh, maybe yeah. He got he was getting he was getting ripped up. Like everything that was hit was hard. Um, I mean, he was getting some strikeouts because he was overmatching some of these High A hitters. But they were hitting the ball hard off him, and I just went, "Ah, oh, shit! Like this isn't this is definitely not going to work out." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know where. What are we talking about now, Joe? We were what, talking we... about. I think we were on Parada. No, no, we were on uh, Elijah Green. <laughs> Elijah Green. Yeah. So, no, no, we can just move on to the next one if you. Want. <laughs> sounds good. All yeah. right, AJ, move on to the uh, next one. So we got that ship has uh, sailed. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan Beavers uh, with the O's. He's out of Cal Berkeley. Um, any big thoughts on him? I mean, we, we've so already talked again, about the O's a bit. So again, college college player, Orioles uh, Orioles prospect. This is a guy that again hits the ball hard consistently. Not as much hit, but again, 
Um, he's coming from Cal Berkeley, not necessarily um, the best at developing prospects right now. I mean, every other year we're, we're talking about Cal Berkeley getting rid of their um, their baseball program. And if the Pac-12 falls apart, I guarantee you kind of already it's has. going to fall apart, first off. Yeah. Uh, but also, I guarantee you that Cal Berkeley is going to get rid of all sports. They're just going to be like, we don't do sports anymore. So, like, I really feel like this is a good opportunity for the Orioles, Orioles to develop a guy that has the attributes that they're looking for. Um, hard contact, um, you know, consistent hard contact, too. Um, it's it's whether they can make that adjustment. And they've done it with some of their players. I mean, the Orioles have been, um, you know, last two years, been one of the best developing teams in baseball. Uh, so, like, I feel like this is a good fit. And that's why I picked him for this. Uh, yes, he has the, the plus the plus power and the plus speed tool. Uh, but I do believe, like, this is, this is a good matchup of player and organization. I mean, okay. I... When I look at, at Beavers, first of all, I love his last name. Second of all, <laughs> I think that I think that he's just a classic like power speed like prospect where he just, you know, like like her saying, he has concerning contact rates. He struggles against, you know, breaking balls, but it's intriguing because, you know, he can hit a lot of home runs and he can steal bases. It's just he's gonna struggle in between those events, you know. So it's almost just like the prototypical, you know, baseball player at the moment. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of Beavers as well. <laughs> um, okay, but you're gonna like one of the next picks we talk about too soon, Dave, because you're you're 12. Do you, so hey, let's... do you want to hear a fun fact real quick? And you don't know this because you're not from Michigan, but if you're from around here, everybody knows about this. You want? Would you like to hear it? Yes. I mean, yeah. All right, AJ. I wish you're gonna like this, especially. So you you need to be seated for this. I'm, I'm so, <laughs> so a, around the Detroit area, okay, there is an exit for Big Beaver Road, and it happens to be Exit 69. I mean, so, mo- moving on, moving on. I just uh, you, had to, you had to know. Grant right. will build a yacht house there and uh, retire. On Big Beaver Lane, <laughs> Route 69, Exit 69. All right, let's finishing like finish it. the hitters off here with uh, our hit speed tool guys, and we're gonna start off here with pick 17 overall in the draft, Justin Crawford from the Phillies. Uh, played high school ball, Bishop Gorman High School in Nevada. Yeah, one of those factories for athletes, uh, just like uh, IMG Academy. You always got guys coming from Bishop uh, Gorman in every sport. Um, this guy's another Bloodlines guy, son of Carl Crawford, uh, former. I was just All-Star. gonna ask, is that where um, that's from? <laughs> yes, that's where it's from. Uh, and he is kind of behind Drew Jones and Elijah Green. It's like the best athlete in the first round. Uh, he's done really well this year to really kind of fill out a lanky frame, you know, kind of built just like his dad. Uh, the same sort of type of athleticism. I think Carl had more athleticism probably at this age. Of course, I didn't see Carl at this age, but Carl was definitely a faster runner than his son is. Uh, his son's still double plus runner. Um, you know, I think the big thing this year, um, he he's kind of, he went from a guy that was kind of a, 
spank hitter, you know, I mean, that might not be the right appropriate uh, thing to say spank after we're talking about Beaver. Yeah. Um, but going, uh, you know, he was very slappy, uh, you know, in previous years. This year he still is a um, opposite field hitter, um, but he's hitting the ball with more authority. Again, I don't know if the power really comes, uh, you know, as much as maybe some others uh, believe just because right now I can't really get great angles uh, to the pull side. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of concerning, but then again, you know, you've got a potential plus hitter, um, you know, I kind of have him at above average to be truthful. Um, and then somebody who um, has double plus speed, um, always an attribute uh, for us fantasy players. Yeah, I mean, I think his dad is is a reasonably good like template for him. Like Chris said, elite speed, right? He's got a good feel for hitting. Um, you know, we would like to see more power, but not everyone is able to do everything. I mean, if he's going to try to sell out for power, then he's just going to be sacrificing on his hit tool. So you just kind of got to let him be who he is. Um, you know, get bases, get, get base hits, try to get on base, steal some bags, probably, you know, play solid defense and I, I just think it's it's I don't know if it's ironic, but it's fitting that his dad is Carl Crawford. All right. Yeah. AJ, last hitter. All right, last hitter we got here for our hit speed tool is Mr. Chandler Simpson with the Rays and uh, another Georgia Tech guy, this time outfielder. Uh what so, probably the fastest guy um in the first few rounds of the draft um absolute speed burner uh, a guy that makes consistent contact high contact rate guy um and it's you know essentially um you know some bloops um some liners um you know this is a guy this year that really became a proficient bunner um you know throughout the year uh, a guy that does work all fields, uh, as somebody that's probably never going to really hit for power, um, but a guy that's going to do enough. Um, and I think that's why, again, he's he's you know didn't wasn't first round talent. He was a supplemental second round pick, um, and uh, but it's a right organization. The Rays were able to get power out of a guy like Andy Diaz, who the Guardians uh, couldn't do. Um, and so they have had a track record of maybe getting lift out of a guy that has a very flat, linear, plane swing uh, like Simpson. So, um, you know, this is a guy to kind of file away more so than anything. But it fits the Rays. If you if you watch the Rays um, minor league teams like I do, um, they're always loaded with like five middle infielders um, that are playing four positions. They'll throw one of them center field, second, short, and third base. And, and you know, that's – that's uh, how they roll. So this is a perfect player to organization type guy. So I'll say two things about Chandler Simpson. Number one, I automatically give a bump to anyone that is in certain organizations. The Rays are one of them. However, Chris said something that is absolute fantasy, just kryptonite. And he said that he's a proficient bunter. When, when that is something that gets mentioned, I, I'm just going to be out. I'm just I'm I'm just out. I, I, yep. Yeah. Yeah. The only guy. Well, it's hard to strike out when you're trying to bunt. 
I guess. These literal, like, I don't care, speed only guys are so hard to keep their value up. And, yeah. I mean, we just see them flop time and time again. So I can kind of with you, Dave. But I mean, you know, they could be fine baseball players. They're just not good for fantasy. Uh, um, but let's move over here. Speed down. Yeah, let's move over here to the pitchers. And we've got one in three different categories. So we're going to start off here with a high school pitcher, Dylan Lesko, number 15 overall, got drafted by the Padres from Buford High School in, wait for it, Georgia. Yes. (laughs) There's a theme and here, so Chris. I, another guy <laughs> that I did not get to see this year, um, but this was not because I was sick. It was because he got hurt. Um, I was going to be able to see him. Um, and then all of a sudden, out with in, undisclosed injury. And I remember talking to the contact and was like, TJS. And he was like, I'm not going to say those initials. And I was like, okay, TJS. Excuse me. So... Um, <laughs> was the top preseason arm. He was a guy that was like absolutely fire last year. I think he would have been a top 10 pick last year. He would have been a top 10 pick this year, if not for this injury. Um, great job by the Padres taking a risk. Uh, you know, I've talked about them being an extra scouty team. This is not like a lot of the pitchers that they've uh, drafted. Um, they were, they took Cole Wilcox uh, with a high, um, high, um, uh, draft pick high signing bonus a few years ago out of uh, college here. And like he, um, you know, metrically wasn't necessarily uh, the greatest guy in the world, uh, a solid pitcher. Don't get me wrong. Uh, this guy's just his, his metrics are through the roof, especially his fastball. Uh, he sits in the mid nineties, has thrown it up in the, you know, 97, 98, 99 range. Um, it's a flatter plane fastball with some really good riding movement and some some tailing action at the end. Um, it complements the fastball with maybe the best uh, high school changeup that's that I've ever seen on video um, from a guy that throws this hard. Um, so that's two pitches that could potentially be double plus pitches, um, and throw in the fact that the breaker is uh, you know high spin rate type th- type deal. It's a twelve to six breaker. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not as high on that pitch as some other people, but I really think that it, it's an above average pit, uh, pitch. Again, this guy's hurt. Um, so might not be the top, um, prep arm in fantasy drafts, but, um, you know, could be pretty up there. Um, so a shame that he got hurt, but good player. So anyone that knows me knows that I am very borderline into the old um, like tin snap kind of thing. There is no such thing as a pitching prospect. I avoid pitching prospects almost almost to every degree. I much prefer to let a guy, you know, especially a really young guy, you know, work his way up and through the system and get to the big leagues before I really am too interested. Um so, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want my Tigers necessarily to have drafted him, but for like a first-year player draft, especially early on, first, second, maybe even third round, I pretty much can just wipe a pitcher off the board. That's just the way that I roll. I mean, you look, and, and this is a good thing, you look at the high school drafted guys that are right now tops on the fantasy list. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez has been hurt this year. Um, mm-hmm. Daniel Espino has been hurt this year. You know, 
Um, I think you're a safer bet most of the time out of college, unless you like pick a Casey Mize with like the you know first pick who was um, never he healthy. <laughs> he was never healthy in college. Right. Uh, I, I mean, somebody pointed out we pointed out like his healthiest season. He still missed two starts. So like I mean that you know there's there's that factor there, but like um, I, I I tend to agree. I don't necessarily throw high school arms that high up in my you know I don't target them at all to be honest with you um, in my drafts. I I target guys that um, <laughs> are going to be on the field when I need them. <laughs> I mean high school guys. Are, um, <laughs> I'll be honest. The last college guy that I even took in a in a draft was maybe Logan Allen for the Guardians and. Um, I mean, that was a first-year player draft. The reason why I picked him is uh, it's just such an unusual um, thing with him. He's a low uh, uh, low release point, uh, low three-quarter shorter guy, and it's like it's pretty crazy fastball and crazy, crazy swing and misses he gets, and there's not much effort there, so I feel pretty comfortable that he's not going to blow out his, uh, his elbow. But you never know. I mean, that's the problem with pitching, and, while I don't totally subscribe to that theory, I do uh, practice that theory. I'm very time. borderline, Chris. It's there. Oh mean, no, 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 Dave, you're not borderline. You are absolutely all in I mean, on there's that. There's a there's really a gif of me on Twitter uh, that says I hate pitching. So um, yeah, right. So just my one thing to say about this though is like, so just for anybody like listening, and I mean me included, really is. Because he's already had Tommy John, does that make you like, oh, well, he's already had it, so like maybe there's less risk of him getting re-injured, at least that injury? I mean, for for like, for like my dynasty rankings, I even have a blurb in there that says, I would pre- if I'm going to trade for a guy, I would actually prefer to trade for him as close to him getting Tommy John surgery as possible. But a lot mm-hmm. of that has to do with a value kind of a thing, you know. Like I feel like I'm mm-hmm. probably oh, getting right, yes. at a low point. But I mean, yes, I, I could argue both sides of that. But I probably lean more towards I would kind of prefer a guy that's actually already had the surgery. Uh, I, I mean, I hear that a lot. That's why I. That's yeah. why I wanted to bring it up. So I don't know really how much truth to that there is. I don't look into. You know, how many guys have already had the surgery that never get it again or really come back well from it, that type of stuff. But, you know, he's a high school kid, so maybe he's got some time. He'll figure it out. Who knows? I'm not, I'm not going to reveal the guy, but I, I always, I'm always skeptical of, of CJS, even even today, as common as it is. Um, there is a major league pitcher, and again, I'm not going to name his name because I think he's still toiling around in the minor leagues, but I got, I got intel. Um, while he was in the minor leagues, that uh, he had one reported TGAS, um, he had another one, hmm. like, uh, and um, also had a secret elbow cleanup that most teams didn't know about. And so he had TJS twice. Interesting. And I mean, I know it's a, not as a pro player, he had TJS as well. Interesting. So this I mean, guy I know it's not three unheard TJSs of. in seven years. Um, I look at it as, uh, you know, get somebody out seven years, you know, seven, eight years is, is the life of TJS on average. Um, um, that's not botch. So, um, like, that's that's kind of how I look at it. And, yes, I, I'm kind of with Dave if somebody's already had it. And specifically if they're already playing and they're showing that their command has returned. 
Um, I know like some guys, we were talking on our podcast about Nick Frasso, um, who just got traded from the Blue Jays to the Dodgers. Uh, he's a guy that's now throwing like 101, 102, but his command hasn't come back. Um, even though he's uh, absolutely dominating high A right now, um, it's still, you know, there, there's still some concern there whether he's, he's probably a reliever, but um, whether that's going to come back and he's going to need to throw, you know, command, he's going to have to command his pitches to be successful. Even if he throw 101 miles per hour, as Hunter Green has done, he can't command his fastball. Right. <laughs> yeah. We've all seen that. All right, AJ. All right. So the next guy we got here is uh, the seventh pick off the board, and that's Mr. Cade Horton um, with the Cubs out of Oklahoma. So, Joe, I, I sent this to Joe. I sent my list, and he said, don't you have other college pitchers too? And I was like, man, the college pitching this year sucks. <laughs> and the reason for that is everybody got hurt. If you wanted to be a top prospect uh, as a pitching prospect for the college uh, on the college side, you were going to get hurt this year. Unless you were Cade Horton, who kind of came on at the end and made a lot of money for himself with the, uh, um, you know, with the uh, five hole World starts. Series. <laughs> what? Five hole starts. Yeah, five hole starts. <laughs> like literally, made a lot of money for himself. Um, you know, love this kid, um, specifically loved his, uh, his moxie in those, um, in the, the world series and in the regionals this year, um, 94, 96, um, carry up in the zone, arm side run, um, fairly good command as well of, of pretty good stuff. Um, you know, upside is as high as any of the college arms in this draft, um, but still, you've got that, you know, still moving away from surgery. I think it was in February last year, um, 2021, that he had surgery. Um, so, like, we're still we're still pretty close from that. Um, I'm sure it was probably not the full procedure. It was probably the new, uh, you know, the new type of TJS that it's not as invasive um, and that guys can get back quicker. Um, but still, there's there's that concern. There's the, there's that little red light there. Um and but then again, he's already had it, so so you know he has some time. Um, you know there was I, I really like Landon Sims coming into this draft draft class, but then he he got burned up. He was the Mississippi State reliever last year, who was looking phenomenal um, in spring practice uh, as a starter. And there were several other arms too. It, it just was a really bad year to be a good college arm. I mean, I feel the same way about Horton as I probably do about every one of the pitchers we're going to talk about. Like I said, not a guy that I would target. Um, he's actually probably a good example of a guy that went much higher in the real draft than we would consider taking him in a first-year player draft. Um, but a, I, probably a guy that just would never never be available in a, in a spot that I would consider taking him. Fair enough. All right. So we're going to finish off here with, uh, I think, I don't know if we've really ever talked about somebody who was previously drafted on this and then got drafted again. Uh, but we're going to do it. And uh, the third overall pick, Kumar Rocker. Um, so we have listed as Independent League. This year was drafted by the Texas Rangers. Um, I mean, we all, know, I, I think, Anybody who really follows baseball kind of knows who this guy was just from last year. I mean, the dude was like just electric uh, Vanderbilt, right? Uh, yeah. 
Bandy. Yeah, I mean, just I mean the 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 gifts online just like were crazy. They were funny. Like the guy was just dominating in college for I mean, a long he was, time. He was, he was a, he's a Georgia kid, uh, Metro kid, and if you notice, the Pitch Ninja loves his uh, yes his Georgia um, <laughs> you know bred guys. Uh, you know, Xavier Curry made his debut last week with the Guardians. And instantly, like his first strikeout was a was a gif. Uh, like Kumar, Kumar is uh, you know was one of the popular people on Pitch Ninja's uh, feed. He's got a personality. <laughs> Who uh, Pitch Kumar. Ninja? Rocker. Kumar, yeah, Kumo does. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I said, yeah. Kumo. Like that's a Japanese restaurant in town. I guess I'm I'm to that point where I'm starting to call prospects after Japanese restaurants. Um, but. <laughs> But anyway, here, here's the thing, I, and we covered him last year, so folks, go back and, and listen to that. Um, uh, I, I'm going to say this, and I said this last year. This guy has never, um, to me, been able to keep up his stuff throughout a whole season. I go back to scouting him in high school. I, I had this great Cole Wilcox versus Kumar Rocker. 50, 60 scouts were there, um, and I got that coverage. And uh, – which was pretty crazy. 20 minutes later or 20 minutes down the road, I saw Taj Bradley, who's now top prospect in the race organization pitch and only four, four scouts were there, uh, had stayed over. I don't understand that. But anyway, um, this is a guy that um, at times has lost velocity through his, uh, his career. Um, it sounds like he had shoulder cleanup surgery um, in the fall after not signing with the Mets who did not like his medicals. Um, you know, there, there are some red markers here that are a little scary. Um, uh, the Rangers have, have improved their pitching development over recent years. Uh, they were a team, um, from what I understand, got into analytics, like hired an analytic guy um, for the minor leagues and then like let him go or demoted him because like the coaching staff hadn't bought in yet. And then switched the coaching staff out, got a different analytics guy, and now it's a it's a it's a new day, um, but like the two big things are are his high velocity fastball with with good riding action, um, especially when it's sitting up in the zone, and uh, the wipeout slider. That's really kind of a one two punch. Um, uh, the curveball or the changeup and the cutter are two you know maybe averages pitch. Uh, I actually like from his arm angle a cutter. I think that that's really kind of where he should focus to get left-handed hitters off of his fastball. Um, uh, but again, uh, a big bodied kid uh, who should, yeah, be honest with you. I, I, I expected him to be a Haas when he went to college and he has shown that at times his freshman year had a dynamic time. Uh, sophomore year had some dynamic moments. Uh, his junior year, there were some up and down moments. And then of course, when he didn't sign uh, because of injury, uh, you know, I started thinking, okay, he consistently would lose velocity throughout the season. Um, and that's a red flag for me. So, I mean, my main takeaway from Rocker here is, you know, the reason that he went so much higher than people expected is because he signed for a lot less than slot value. So slot value there was like seven and a half million. He signed for um, like five and a quarter. So that's got part to do with it. So, mm-hmm. You know, people who, you know, the worst kind of research you can do for a first-year player draft is to draft off of the actual draft board because there's a lot of things that play into that. And so 
you know, um, Kate Horton is an example of that to a lesser extent than Kumar Rocker. So, I mean, that's kind of my main takeaway there is don't look at him going third overall and say, well, geez, he's obviously the best pitcher on the board. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be taking him early. He's not a guy that I'm looking to take in the first round even, um, you know, so just something, just something, this is a little piece of information. No, I think Chris, you've said that before. Look at look at the money, and yeah. uh, you know you've pointed out some guys even in the second round that got like really big money oh, compared yeah. to where they should have gotten or what they should have gotten. And so you know, keep an eye out for those guys. Um, and I anyways. also will say you also should look at development situations. Yes, too. Um, absolutely. And everybody, you know, uh, a great resource. And you know, um, I, I talk to Jeff Ponce a lot from Baseball America. He's one of my best friends in this in this uh, game. And um, you know, to pre- the 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 rankings of organizations at baseball america you can come through a historic thing in the last five years and you can figure out which teams know how to develop guys and which ones are just getting lucky for one year or so um so i, I recommend if you're a subscriber there go check that out because um, it will give you good insight um, we try to do something on our our website every year talking about the state of farm systems um and um, if they're maintaining or not, but like organizations like the Orioles, um, specifically the Guardians, the Rays, the Dodgers, um, the Cardinals, uh, the Mariners now, the, the Astros, these are teams that the Brewers even, the Brewers do more with less, it seems. Uh, these teams tend to always churn out guys, even, even when it's been questionable. So uh, look at the signing bonuses and look at the fits. Of, of you know, yep. hey, if if this kid looks like somebody that you've seen in the major leagues that got developed by this organization, there's a pretty good chance they know what they're doing with that sort of profile. And you know, when all those fails, you can check my dynasty rankings. There you go. <laughs> and in the Orioles' case, they'll develop them and then ship them off to somebody else, <laughs> and then they explode. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. We're turning things it's, around. It's we not, got like the not, best record not. in the American League since like middle of May. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yo, these guys, these guys know what they're doing. This is uh, they did it with the Astros. Uh, I was gonna say, gonna we'll it figure it out. Warriors. They're all gonna come up at the same time. They're gonna be good. Yep. Already yeah. pulling them up. So, all right, let's let's close things out here with our our lists. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. La- last thing I want to say is Kumar Rocker, obviously bloodline of uh, John Rocker. Um, his <laughs> illegitimate son, um, Tracy Rocker, former NFL uh, <laughs> lineman, um, uh, current coach maybe at UT, uh, line uh, lineman coach. Uh, he he grew up in Georgia. He went to co- um, high school in um, near Athens because his dad uh, was coaching UGA at the time. Got it. Got it. I was so, actually yeah, just kidding. Not John okay. Rocker. I no. wanted to throw that out there, and I also no, I like it. You were late, so I kind of wanted to make sure that you know get another dig in stay, before we left. Stay late, okay? Got it, got it. All right, <laughs> well now I'm late. To Chris the list, is, by the way, so. is like our fantasy six pack, like Tim Kirchant, man. He's just got <laughs> random stories, and like he knows all the connections. You're like, I just, I just stopped talking and just listen. It's hilarious. You know, I'm just like, I'm, yeah, I'm good. You say that, but like last year, I was I was in the back backfields, and there was a lot of well known people. I got to see Jack Leiter for first. I probably was one of the first people to see him in Rangers gear, working out. Um, 
Um, and anyway, I go and we're we're watching Royals and Rangers, and Keith Law's there, and I was like, "How the heck do you pronounce this guy's name?" And it was uh, uh, one of their high draft picks last year, and he goes, "It's Ben Kaderna, like Moderna." And I think every time I've met Keith, I've had one of those. In, you know, you're saying I'm the Tim Kirchin. Keith <laughs> yeah. Wall is truly with the prospects, and and Jim Callis. Both of them have a lot more stories than I do. They they, they rule this sort of sort of thing. So I might be the fantasy baseball storyteller, but those guys are better. Fine. fine with us. All right, all right. So now that I'm super late for the list, um, <laughs> top twelve overall. For a fantasy baseball rookie draft, Chris, who you got? I'm, I'm going to throw it to Dave. Uh, oh man, I don't All have right. a top twelve yet. Uh, okay, but for me, we're going to work. In, was, we're going to work together. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Dave. I'll, I'll, you want I'll, you want I'll like one through you. twelve, or do you just yeah, want to go just, like okay? Just yeah, give me, twelve. Give me twelve your overall. Number, you know, for one, for fantasy draft. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you count it down. For, twelve to one. Draft. I don't know. Now, number one for me is Drew Jones. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that that's necessarily dead obvious, but I think it's it's the pick. Um, after that, I, I know that Chris is going to disagree with me on this one, but just from a for, – for me, when I do the first-year player draft, I'm looking at upside. And so my number two guy is Elijah Green, just because I think that just tools-wise, he has got the best overall tools. He's obviously very – He's risky, but if everything pans out, I think he's like a top five player in baseball. So Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, that's good philosophy there. So that's why I would go Elijah Green, but I, I feel like Chris probably had, would have him, if he were to make his list prior to us talking, he probably would have him more in like the five range. But um, th- then I like Jackson Holiday, um, kind of just because, like I said earlier, just well-rounded, not going to kill you anywhere, but also not going to you know, be elite necessarily anywhere. Just a nice overall profile. Um, probably Tamar Johnson goes four, right? Um, I, I said earlier, I love the, I love the the power that he possesses with the contact skills. That I think that that pair isn't super common, and so I, I like that. Um, and he's got a very clear playing path in Pittsburgh as well. So um, as a high schooler, he's obviously not going to move fast, but I think he could be a quicker type mover. Um, guy we didn't talk about, two guys we didn't talk about. Um, number five, I'm gonna go Gavin Cross. Um, yeah, go Hokies. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. That's the only guy Joe knows that we've talked about. Tonight. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just a, a good blend. Um, you know, some hit, some power, some speed. Um, just, just a very intriguing overall player. Um, next, a guy that I kind of was hoping the Tigers were gonna take. He was on the board for their pick. Um, Cam Collier. Um, just again, another just intriguing guy. Um, you know, he's got a lot of power there. Um, just a guy that I, I'm really interested in there. Um, maybe my favorite guy, I, I come in with seven, another guy we haven't talked about. I say favorite, and I don't mean favorite as in like I would take him first overall, obviously, but I absolutely love Chase the Water. And the and this goes to what Chris had just talked about as well. Chris or Chase could have probably fallen into a better organization. He's in he's in Cleveland with the Guardians. And and if I'm going to take a hitter and put him somewhere, Cleveland's going to be one of those spots. Um, I think that this is a guy that I might even take top five. You know, if I had the fifth overall pick, 
and chase the lauders there, I'm probably just going to jump the gun there and take him. Um, let's see. Um, I like Jace Young. Maybe I'm a little bit of a homer homer guy no, there not. with Detroit. Um, but I, I think I think he makes he, he makes the top ten there. Um, you know, just a guy that's got a really good bat. Um, you know, hits the ball really hard. Good on base skills, which depending on what kind of league you're in, that could be helpful. Um, but that's usually you know one of the last things that a young guy is going to develop. And I think he's got a, a huge head start there. And it's something that the Tigers desperately need anyways. Again, he's not blocked by anybody. Um, that could be a guy that moves pretty quickly as well. Um, maybe a Jacob Berry even, if we want to go round out the top 10. Um, a whole lot of upside there. Um, but again, we need for we need for everything to, to click because he's kind of a guy that doesn't really have you know, a, a defensive position. So he's kind of one of your bat only kind of guys. So he's going to have to hit, but from a fantasy pr- perspective, they all have to hit. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah, but he needs to probably play at least enough defense that normally we don't think about defense from a fantasy perspective, but again, we don't want this guy to be a DH only kind of guy because that's going to really, you know, hurt his value to us. So, Defense here does kind of play a role. Um, that's ten. I don't know how deep you want to go, but yeah, I think let's go two more. It's good. Or two more. Let's go two more. Most leagues are twelve. Let's be real. All right. So again, not a guy that I would pick, but if I'm looking at how I'm going to rank these guys, I would put Dylan Lesko probably next on the list. Um, It's just that's a guy that's in a a good organization. Um, I mean, his upside is just ridiculous. Um, so I really do like him as probably the top pitcher um, coming out of here, but I probably wouldn't take him. Um, no, I, I wouldn't probably take him. I wouldn't take him at that spot. But rankings-wise, I think it's a fair spot probably to put him. Um, and then another kind of safe guy here, I, I guess I'd round out the 12 with, Brooks Lee um, going to Minnesota. Um, ca- kind of boring. Um, Very boring. Made, yeah, maybe, maybe another guy that maybe – better in real life than than in fantasy but i would argue that he maybe had the best hit tool for the entire class um doesn't have a whole lot of power doesn't have a whole lot of speed um but i think that he's just a solid player you know i i i this is i i think that you picked the guys that needed to be picked um only thing i disagreed with was probably number two i would have you know, just like you said, had him four or five. Yeah, I would have fair. been a little. Uh, I would have probably went Johnson too, just because of. Uh, I, I, I'm more of risk at first, as much as I can't stand having high schoolers in my top five as many as we had. I think that they were all deserving guys. I don't know what to make of Brooks Lee as a fantasy uh, player, and I think that that made a lot of sense putting him at 12. I think I would have probably had him around 12, 13. Um, I love that you went with DeLauder, um that early. Um, it, yeah, that's, that's my dude. It's a guy that, uh, and for, for the listeners, he's had a really rough time staying healthy. Uh, but when he's healthy, he's a three-tool um, um, fantasy-type dude, speed, power, and hit. Um, and going to an organization that has developed similar um, similar tool sets with the contact and the power. And we haven't necessarily seen it all come together for the Guardians, 
Um, but you know, they've gotten this, the, they've gotten elements of this. Um, I, and I, I, I like him. I like him a lot. Um, and hopefully he can stay healthy. I thought that that was a phenomenal pick. Uh, you know, I, I actually had the guardians potentially taken Lesko too. So, um, you know, when Lesko went off the board, it was chased the lotter or bust for me. So I thought that that was a great, great pick. All right. So Chris, so Dave gave, gave his top 12 and, and you're, it seemed like you're at least mostly in agreement of the players yeah. that he chose. So who are some guys, you know, I, I, I imagine most first year player drafts are two, if not three or more rounds, but like yeah. the league I'm in only does two, but let's just, you know, who are some other guys that should be, near the top of the next round or, you know, that you should be, that you really like. Um, that we I, didn't mention I, already. um, you know, uh, the profile again, and you got to understand I'm a very, very big contact hand, eye coordinated type dude. Um, I like guys that can make tons of contact and let's work on the other stuff. But, uh, Drew Gilbert, who went to the Astros, uh, I feel like he's a guy, he went, um, 28th overall. Uh, I feel like he's a guy that um, could be picked here. Um, I think that he got overdrafted in this, uh, the specific next guy. Um, but there's there's a lot to like about Spencer Jones out of Vanderbilt. Um, a guy that might not have performed the way that he should have. But I think that um, from, from my contacts, he seems to be a student and seems to be somebody who uh, really works hard. Uh, we have already talked about Dylan Beavers uh, that the Orioles picked. Uh, another guy again. Uh, yeah and i also want to say that too um <laughs> and i really uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna say this there are another tennessee guy out there uh, uh a pitcher i really thought that like blade tidwell was a phenomenal pick by the mets um i think they got him in the late second round um i think he was like the third or fourth best college arm um on my board um but um you know, he was, he's somebody that could creep in maybe a 23, 24. Um, he might actually be a third round guy if you go third, uh, three rounds with this. Um, uh, but yeah, those, those are solid guys just off the top of my head real quick. Cool. All right, Dave, anybody uh, you're looking at? Um, I didn't expect you to come back to me. Um, so, so to be fair, okay, moving um, <laughs> well, the next guy on my list would have been Drew Gilbert, just just to say that. Um, Good. And so yeah. that was the very first guy Chris mentioned. So at that point, I was like, all right, well, no more, no reason for me to keep listening. Obviously, we're just going to stay on the same page here. All right, yeah, we're I mean, good. That's, that's we're fine. Good. We, can, we, we covered right. a lot. Yeah, no, let's just close it out here, AJ. Yeah. All right, so who are a couple of players that you guys are avoiding in your rookie drafts that people are just going to go out and take because they were actually drafted early? Chris? Well, for me, for me, uh, you know, we kind of talked about, um, we've already talked about the uh, guy that I would actually kind of avoid. And it's more because I saw a lot of him and it was somebody that you had in your top, uh, top 12 cam Collier. Uh, I've, I've personally just never seen him good. Um, I got him sophomore year for two games. I, I 
tended to watch video when I watched video of his year this year of him struggling. I think he's a fine player. Don't get me wrong. I, I just don't think he's advanced as uh, some people think he is. He's 17, um, and Ooh. he was in a uh, junior college that wasn't much better than some of the high school uh uh, leagues that he could have been in the state of Georgia. He went to a really small school. Um, uh, I, can't, I can't think of what it's called. Um, Chipola College. Um, yeah, but he went in high school. He went to oh, a very small. It might have been Mount, Mount Perrin or something like that. Um, but like they weren't paying. They weren't playing much. Uh, much uh, um, competition. Uh, he gets a, a, a move up because of bloodlines. Um, but I'm probably also not picking Brooks Lee either because I just don't think he's going to be a fantasy asset. So I'll give you one name, and and this one name just has two massive things going – well, three massive things going against him for first-year player drafts. First of all, he was drafted high. Hell, he's a top-ten pick. He's a pitcher. And he got drafted by the Rockies. So so Gabrielle oh. Hughes is just a guy that is just not going to be on my draft board for a variety of reasons. Somebody's going to take him because they're going to end up picking in the, I don't know, second or third round, and they're going to go, oh, God, this, uh, uh, this guy That's was drafted in the top here. 10. Yeah, he can't – how bad can he – he can't be that bad, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, sure, he's in Colorado, but, like, I feel like it's a good value. Well, spoiler alert, it's not. Um just, yeah, that's, just that, that's just going to be a guy I'm just going to shy away from. I'm sure he's a great kid. I'm sure his mother and father are saints. I'm just not touching him for fantasy purposes. Uh, totally fair. Yeah. All right. To All me, right. it was it was an overdraft, and like they didn't save that much money off of him. No, a million dollars overdraft. <laughs> I had him. I had him in the second round. Um, probably midway through. I think I like, you know, again, I like Tidwell better than I like Hughes. I think that there is some potential there. But, like, again, uh, the, that Rockies thing, whether you think or not, I mean, I, I was a big Chris McMahon fan um, who got drafted a few years ago. When he got drafted by the Rockies, he went off all of my list. Um, a, another right-handed pitcher. And I think he's had a rough time. He was University of Miami. Um, so, like, the, there, there's – that that sort of thing happens a lot, and thank you, Rockies, for ruining a pitching prospect again. <laughs> oh, Yet continuing to draft them in the top ten, they were very kind. Like when when I was trying to find a job as a scout several years ago, they always wrote me. Their their scouting directors wrote some of the nicest emails, um, in you know, telling me that they weren't interested. Like they wished me, they wished me well, and all this. It's not, it's not you, it's me. Is that what they were saying? Yeah. No, they were. They were like, oh, really we, like we don't have any talents or anything like this. Yeah. At least they didn't like lead me on like some organizations did. So yeah, um, well, that's true. Um, yeah. I mean, no. to, to be fair, though, I don't know that Colorado is doing anything wrong because they kind of have to draft pitchers earlier because yeah, yeah. no one's going to be signing with them. Well, no, no. massive free well, agent is going to sign well, with them. Unless you like the schools in Colorado, like Mike Hampton did like 20 years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, that didn't work out very well. Where did um, I get them now? So if they're going to get pitchers, this is, this is how they're going to get it. You know? Yeah. They know they can bring in the hitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's all right, how they're well, going to get it. That's it for the show. Chris, Dave, want to thank you guys for coming on. Chris, uh, before we let you bounce, uh, let everybody know what you got going on and uh, where they can find your stuff. Well, our biggest thing right now is Baseball HQ is uh, the registration for 
Uh, first pitch, Arizona, which is going to be November 3rd through 6th at uh, uh, Sheridan uh, Mesa Wrigleyville, um, which is right across the street from Sloan Park. Uh, a lot of good things happen there. A lot of big fantasy names are going to be there as well. Um, it, it's a forum. It's a symposium. It's, uh, you know, you get to, that, you know, as I, as I heard on the Sleeper and Bus podcast the other day, it's it's where all of these values get set early in the year um, because all these brains get together and uh, talk it out on our stage and it's really good. So promote that. Eyes have it podcast. Uh, Brent Hershey and I uh, do that one. And then uh, uh, behind the paywall, I am uh, have a weekly column. Um, I'm also now uh, the director of. Um, Something like prospect analysis. I forget exactly. I should actually find out what my title is there. That's um, kind of like the title we gave Dave. We just put director in front of something. No, no really I'm sure. the fantasy six pack bitch. That's well known. I mean, yeah, I mean, here's, at least here's, here's, I don't I, think that. I, I, I texted two of my friends who are assistant scouting directors, and I was like, got the director before you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you know, it's all a joke. It, 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 you know, it's a little more headaches, but it's been fun. You know, HQ has let me, you know, let me be me. So I, I, I love them and I'm just happy to help wherever I can. Sounds good, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. We always have fun talking to you, and uh, it's very educational, if uh, not also fun at the same time. So have a good night, man, and we'll we'll do it again soon. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. See you, Chris. Dave, what do you got in store for us now that, you know, baseball's sort of ending? So, you know, what do you got in store for us here? I'm super excited. Um, I'm diving. I'm diving deeper into DFS. I'm actually going to hit a, a very niche topic. I'm going to be doing DFS cheerleading, and so my very first. Okay, maybe not so much. But um, you, oh, wait a minute, hold on. So at exit sixty nine on Old Beaver Road. Are you guys telling me you don't want to hear about like the new inversion rules that they're putting at like the World Championships? I do. Sure. Oh, well, I don't know anything about them, so I can't. <laughs> I didn't man. expect you to call my bluff, AJ. <laughs> but no, um, I didn't let's expect see. me to not be on time. Wait. Uh, mm, yeah, about that. Starting, <laughs> um, I think the date's looking like the 31st of August. I'm going to start putting out uh, NFL DFS videos. And Ooh. so we're going to start off with just kind of some, some position-by-position strategy kind of things. And then working our way towards, you know, week one. And basically what I'm looking at doing is um, Wednesday through Saturday, going to be doing a position by position breakdown for that particular week. So, um, you know, it's going to look something like, you know, running backs maybe on Wednesday, wide receivers on Thursday, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, and then on Sundays, I'm going to be joining the, oh man, I'm going to say their name wrong. Was it the Wolfpack? Um, I'm going to be... Yes. I'm going to be joining them. Um, they kick off at 1130, so I'm going to be on there doing a couple segments for 10 or 15 minutes on Sunday morning. So that'll be my Sunday content. But, uh, yeah, baseball, as far as my content is concerned, is wrapping up soon. It's been a ridiculously profitable season. Um, the goal is to absolutely carry that over to NFL. So if you give a shit at all about winning money, um, I would suggest at least checking it out. Subscribe to the YouTube, and yeah. hey, you'll get even more personal advice 
directly from him on the Discord. So again, hit up those memberships. The all access plan is where it's at. So we can talk about all sorts of things, DFS. And of course, we'll be getting getting some dynasty baseball all season content as well, rolling hopefully. So uh, check out that on Fantasy Six Pack, which is this man's job to to figure out, not mine. So, um, all right, Dave, thank you for coming on and, uh, making this more of a discussion than me and me, me and AJ is going. Sounds good. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. Chris. We're just going to go to the next guy. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I mean, so (laughs) I I don't really hold a, a candle to Chris either, but I do know more than you buffoon. So Uh, hell, hells. Yes, you do. Um, that's why, that's why what's, I made you director of Dynasty Baseball. Dynasty I actually do remember yeah. the title. I was just playing the boss. I've never so. played in that. All right. Well, that's it for the show, everybody. Uh, AJ and I will be back on Thursday for a very fun kind of game show hour of Fantasy Six Pack Hour. It'll be pretty fun. Uh, we have no idea what's coming, by the way. Uh, Mike LaPlante is, uh, is, is figuring this out. And, uh, we're either just going to look like idiots or, you're look gonna like look idiots. like idiots. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. Just a little like like idiots, so. That doesn't sound yeah. promising. I don't know what he's doing. We're gonna cut. See you guys. <laughs>